Welcome to the AT. Oh, we got to record. Fuck. No, we're recording. We're good. Ah! What is going on, guys? I am Paul Ryan, your host of the ATV Fantasy Show. This show is part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to my regular listeners, welcome back. You know, guys, I know it's been a while since we last talked, but I'm excited to be back. With me tonight is a very special guest, writer for Sports Gambling Podcast Network and Yards for Fantasy, member of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association and co-host of the Fantasy Football Playmakers Podcast and member of the Bills Mafia, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jeremy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna butcher your last name. We were supposed to practice on that, Jeremy. So, so help me there, man. <laughs> yeah, we skipped the practice part, but uh, it's Popolars. It's a. It's it's a tough one. You know, it's a long one. It doesn't really get pronounced exactly how it looks. So it's okay. I well, usually somebody... i I got used to that. That was like my high, entire high school career. It used to be Jeremy. And then they'd pause, and I'd be like, "All right, yeah, that's me." <laughs> I know you're trying to think about how it's said, so. But. Well, I can feel your pain because all through elementary and middle school, nobody knew how to pronounce my last name. So I've been right there with you, man. Yeah, you know, tough ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeremy, I appreciate you coming on with me tonight. Before we get started, let the people know where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Twitter um, at Pope's FFH. Uh, Pretty much got a lot of rookie content right now. Usually have some dynasty stuff, Debbie stuff. You know, in season I get a little redraft. So, you know, I, I dabble in a lot of it. Uh, DMs are always open. I'm always open to answer questions. So yeah, you know, I was gonna add that in the intro, but I was like, if people follow you, I feel like they already know that. <laughs> yeah, they might. You're talking about rookies, man. One thing that uh, kind of led to this discussion tonight was I've been a big fan of your threads. Yeah, the threads, uh, they, they kind of, I guess you could say, are like the, uh, like my thing on Twitter more so. Um, I, I obviously do tweet other things, but like the threads yeah, are just yeah. kind of something that I'm all into right now, um, especially the rookie stuff. I started it last year and this year they kind of revamped them, made them a little bit better. Hopefully they're a little bit more helpful. And it's a nice thing because I um, feel like you can take from it whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, so Mm -hmm. just because I like this player or like what I have to say might be, Hey, I think he's going to be good. doesn't mean you have to think that he's good, but it's still something you can look at and you can see, Hey, look, I've got 10 to 13 little clips here of certain plays to kind of look at myself and be like, okay, this is what he saw, but I actually see this. And I think this is why he's going to be bad or whatnot. Um, so I just think it, it, it tailors to a lot of people. You kind of just get an idea, a quick look at who these guys are. And then if you want, you can dive in deeper. You know what I mean? You get that quick look on everybody. I mean, it's not everybody, but it's a majority. And you get a quick look on them and you can say, hey, okay, I kind of like this guy. Maybe I should look at him a little bit more versus having to go through and find all these clips or find all this stuff on whether you, where you can find it because college film is hard to find. So they got to have it recorded or you're just in and out of YouTube and like some other like different sites have some film rooms that you can like subscribe to and stuff like that, that have some tape in there. But it's like this way, it kind of gives you a quick, quick glance at what there is there. And then you can decide, okay, Hey, I want to look at this guy a little bit deeper or just take for what I had to say. 
I hear you. You know, well, let, let's get into it, Jeremy. I'm curious. How long have you been a content creator? So I am fairly new. Um, it's basically been about two years or so. Uh, I kind of started, I was trying to get in with a podcast with some of my friends and they just had too many people. They're like, Oh, I don't want, we don't want to have four or so on the podcast. They're like, well, we're going to start a website. If you want to write for us, you could. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. You know, I'll give it a gamble. So that's how it started. (laughs) And now we're here. (laughs) Call me crazy. But, um, I feel like when I first uh, stumbled onto your account, you were, uh, known for doing photo editing. Is that right? Or was that somebody else? Uh, I do it too. I kind of just, you know, I do a lot of it. I, uh, I've always been more of an arts person my entire life. Um, I went to school for art for a little bit and then didn't continue to, to pursue it on the basis of financials. Um, (laughs) and the fact that I live in Buffalo, so it's not exactly the most prime art community as far as selling any. (laughs) or making money with it. So it's kind of like, eh, I'll just keep that in the back pocket and just kind of go a different route. So, but yeah, so I can, I do do some edits, like all the graphics and stuff in my threads are mine. Okay. So uh, as far as like, a, you're, you're talking about art there in, in, in Buffalo, is there like a Buffalo Bill themed museum or Buffalo sports themed museum kind of, you know, just uh, owe to the city, if you will? Um, that is actually a good question. Um, I don't think so. I, I, I think there's a, I think there's a sports hall of fame sort yeah. of right. somewhere, but it's not very big. It's not very popularized. Um, there's some stuff at like the Bills stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, like even at, for the Sabres, if you're a hockey fan, like they kind of have something there too. They kind of have like a little area that they always put out some like vintage stuff or like some stuff from back in history. But there's not actually like that I can think of off the top of my head um, a strict like sports museum to the city. Right. But that would be kind of cool. It would. That's a good idea. You know, I'm, I'm kind of kicking myself. Stealing your idea see- now. <laughs> Go for it, man. You'll see it opened I, up. I hate to reach for the low hanging fruit, but uh, I'm kicking myself for not asking the the infamous offseason question boneless or bone in wings to you. Oh, it's all bone in. That's yes, you know, the, the only way. Boneless wings aren't boneless. Well, they're not wings. They're like right. chicken nuggets. You know? Like, I don't know. I'm a I'm an in, in-bone guy. but Now, is, is ranch forbidden in Buffalo? No. You know, I... You know, funny story. So, my wife now, uh, when we first started dating, liked ranch over blue cheese... And I have kind of converted her now with pizza. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, she didn't dip it in the wings, but like with pizza, she'd eat it. And I was like, "Oh, really? Ranch? Okay. Like ranch? Really? You gonna play that way? Like, I don't know how this is gonna go." <laughs> yeah. But we got there. We converted her, and now we're married. So you know. Now is she like? Does she dip the slice in there or just the crust? No, the whole slice. She's in. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Not my style, but teach their own. I've tried to make myself like blue cheese, and I, I don't know if I just haven't had good stuff or not, but I can't do it for some reason, though. To be honest, like, I honestly use the blue cheese for, like, with a lot of wing orders, you get, like, celery or carrots here. Yeah, exactly. And, like, that's what I use it for the veggies. 
right. the wings, I just want the pure flavor of the sauce or whatever we decide to get on it. I just sometimes I dabble in it, but not a lot. Do you have a personal favorite sauce? Yeah, I kind of roll medium. Okay. Um, sometimes I used to dabble in hot when I was a little bit younger, but now I've, I've simmered down to the medium. But, you know, yeah. There's always Parmesan garlic's a good one, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. Can never go wrong there. All right, so, you know, enough enough food talk here, Jim. We could have an hour discussion yeah, no, about I'm that. Get, I'm getting hungry. But I, I want to ask, you know, was it your love for football or fantasy that led to you becoming a content creator? I know you're kind of giving your backstory there and how, how you got started. Um, I'd say kind of a combination. Um, I've always liked football. I always grew up in like a football kind of loving family. You know, I have mm-hmm. all these little toddler pictures of wearing Bill's stuff. And I was born <clears throat> in 91. So, oh, wow. you know, okay. you know, a little younger, a little older, you know, right in the middle there. But I was born right in, like, the prime era of Bills football in, like, 91, 92, 93, 94. So, like, yeah. my whole family, like, they were all into it. We grew up with it. And I just kind of always loved it. You know, I always played sports and stuff in high school. So I always loved that. And then once I started dabbling in fantasy, I always liked it and I enjoyed it. And I was like, hey, you know, let me just, you know, just hop on Twitter here and see how it goes. And, yeah, it just kind of kicked in. You know, it's not often you meet a day. It's not often you meet a day one Bills fan, but you know, you Bills fans, y'all are y'all are loyal, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, we we definitely are. I would say that for sure. There's a lot of them here. There, there's some that kind of jumped on late. You know, not that they've gotten good, but we'll accept them. Anybody, you know, works. We're, we're an accepting group. At least I am. You know, I'm not sure how familiar you are with Cowboys Twitter, but they're having quite the meltdown this offseason. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, uh, I've I've had I've had some run-ins with some other fan bases on Twitter. Usually, usually it's Reddit. Reddit gets a little dangerous. Um, oh, okay, that's for what me. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I do post stuff on Reddit occasionally, and it usually turns pretty bad. Sometimes, usually you usually get someone that's kind of annoyed, and you know, depending on the fan base, it could turn real sideways. <laughs> Not often you can find a place more toxic than off-season Twitter, man. Yeah. No, Reddit's pretty bad. I'm going to say it. I'll say it. I, I usually try to stay out of the off-season Twitter stuff. You know, I, right. I'll dabble in there a little bit. But, like, if they start getting a little too – if someone's, like, commenting and it's getting a little too toxic, I'm just like, I right, do not disturb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Notifications off and you can right. keep sending them and I'll just read them later and after you cool down. <laughs> Smart move, sir. Well, you know, I'm curious, we talk about you creating content, but when you're consuming, you know, whether it's written audio or video, what is your favorite type of content to create and also to consume? Um, I would, I'm more of a, I would say consuming, I do enjoy podcasts a lot. Um, I, I like the live stream stuff like we're on now. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. It's a cool way to kind of interact. And I think it's a great way to almost like you get to see the person you know like yeah when you write it you get to feel that vibe for like hey this is how he's writing or something like that but you never actually meet that person really Mm -hmm. this way i feel like i mean you're not meeting them i mean we're meeting but we're not meeting the audience that we're reaching but i feel like you get to see the person you kind of see how they 
like interact you know what right, i mean right. kind of it's it's pretty cool feeling you know versus like even the podcast you know like podcasts were cool like i started listening to those and stuff but then like once you got to see some of the youtube stuff from like the guys that really got me hooked you know like dynasty nerds or um footballers like stuff like that and then like yeah. you start to see them in person and you're like oh wow i heard his voice but that's not what i thought he looked like or anything like that and then <laughs> yeah but i think twitter's a great asset i think it's something that's really cool and just like you get to interact even with those guys at times you know like you know garrett price might like your tweet or he might like answer you or andy halloway from the football or somebody like that you know or even that you know you get adam ranks on there like guys that you see on tv like they all interact with you on twitter at times and like i think that's yeah. just a cool thing so like for me twitter's a big thing like i just feel like twitter's just one of my favorite things and that's why i really like doing the threads and stuff like that because it's so easy to consume content there like it's really the the effort and everything goes into writing it does because that's kind of how i feel like most people probably get their content is either podcasts or writing um right. but as well as twitter like i mean a lot of it's shifting to that a little bit quicker stuff like those quicker little videos easier to intake the information quickly so there's a shift that's kind of going on but i just feel like just twitter just is one of my favorite things like i just like i said i've tried reddit i've tried like um discords stuff like that and like yeah. just been in on that stuff and i just can't get into it for some reason i just mm -hmm. feel like i just like the twitter platform maybe it's just because i'm so used to it but yeah no, i hear you there you know it's the off season jeremy and we know we're here we're in prime rookie season i'm curious with most content creators discussing the same thing this time of year what would you say separates you from the rest of the pack um i honestly would say like i just have a respect for all of them um a lot of these guys do punt out so much okay. there's a lot of guys that don't get the recognition um mm -hmm. that should get some and it's just i feel like there's not i mean you could argue that you're separated from the pack but like i don't want to be like i just want to be in with everybody else yeah. but i mean like i don't know I mean, maybe just like the graphics, you know, stuff like that. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of information I give in one area. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I don't know. I just kind of, you know, I'm humble. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, <laughs> I really don't know. You know, I just like, I don't know really what would set me apart. You know, I just feel like I'm just in there with all of them and we all put out really good stuff. So, yeah, I, I appreciate the humility and I like that answer that. You don't necessarily want to be separated. You just kind of want to be with everybody else as a group. And I think that if everybody had that mindset, you know, Twitter could be a, a little friendlier page from time to time. Yeah, I just I, I'm never, you know, I, I always see like I try not to really post like anything that's like in that aspect or like a um or like a, I told you so or anything like that. Like I get yeah. there are some people that do that that are like. I, you know, I, I pegged DJ Chark not finishing the season, like, or not being a good receiver this year, and you didn't, and this and that, and it's kind of like, okay, I mean, it, my info is going to speak for itself, you know, if, if you follow me, you're going to know that, hey, maybe I said, like, for example, like, I don't want to, like, boast it, but, like, you know what I mean, like, maybe I decided, hey, Devin Singletary is going to be the guy, you know, and, like, if I said that all off season, it's not like I'm going to go back and be, like, See, Hold I told you. Yeah, yeah, like, see, I told you. Like, you should have listened to me. Like, I don't care. Listen to me if you want. If you don't, whatever. You know, yeah, like, I and I didn't pick Devin Singletary, by the way. It wasn't me. So, you know, one thing so I wasn't I'll, even I'll, boasting. I just made that up. 
<laughs> you know, one thing I will admit, there have been times where I've had a I've had a right call and I didn't, you know, uh, you know, people told me I was crazy or I was stupid, things like that. You know, I'm sure you've had that experience yourself. But then when it happens, like, you know, people are aren't quick to congratulate you. They're more quick to point out when you were wrong and you're mm-hmm. right. I, that's one thing I really dislike. Yeah, that is definitely one thing. And it's always been that way. I feel like that's as sad as this sounds. It's like human society. Oh, yeah. Um, it's the same way at my job. It's the same way anywhere that I can think, you know, oh, like yeah. it, everybody's so quick to point out the things you do wrong versus the mm-hmm. things that you do do right. Yeah. Um, and I'd, <laughs> I wish I remember the quote, but there's definitely an Einstein quote for that, too, that I, I don't remember if someone told me. I remember I read it online somewhere, but it was something along the lines of basically he came into class. He did 10 word bra or he did 10 math problems. He did the first nine. Correct. Nobody said anything. Did the last one wrong. And the entire class basically yelled at him, like, yeah, proving that point. You know, if you're doing things right, nobody says anything. If you do something wrong, they're quick to jump. So it's yeah, sad, absolutely. but I yeah, try not really to be is. that way the best I can. I just feel like it's just just be nice to everybody, you know. I want to treat people how I want to be treated. So exactly. So okay, do you do you find anything wrong with like if you got a call right? You know, when people do get a call right, do you, do you see anything wrong with taking the victory lap? I mean, not necessarily. If you, I mean, if you're not being like a direct, like kind of like a in an aggressive way to anybody, you know, like. Right, no, no, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I do that. Like I like I always tout J.K. Dobbins. Like if J.K. Dobbins comes out and like is an RB one next season or something like that, I'm gonna be like right. a more of my victory lapping will be like, yes, I'm happy J.K. Dobbins is an RB one. You know what I mean? Like it's not gonna be like, see, I told you, and like yeah, I told yeah. you, all oh, you should have listened. It's just gonna be like I'm cool with people being happy for it. You know, like hey, if you like DeAndre Swift and you know he comes out and he balls out, yeah, celebrate. I think that's fair. That's any sports fan, you know, when the bills are great, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's go. And when they lose or they, you know, lose in 13 seconds and I got to cry, you know, and I hibernate a little bit, you know, until it's over. (laughs) Well, seeing as how I have Swift and Dobbins on one, on one dynasty roster, but I don't have any, uh, you know, true wide receiver ones. I'm hoping Dobbins will, will hit this upcoming year. I think he will. I'm in on it. And I, I was in on it last year and that ACL hurt me a little. But that was painful, man. Really probably was. not as bad as it hurt him, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, you know, Swift really stood out last year uh, before his, prior to his injury. Are there any rookies that have stood out to you so far? Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've followed some of these guys, um, majority of them, like in last season, um, watching him in college football. So for me, I've all, I've been in on Bryce Hall for a long time. Um, I know a lot of people haven't been. Some people are coming around to him now a little bit more now. Um, there's not really any, like, real true number one, I feel like, in this. I think, feel like um, this class you can kind of go with whatever your dynasty roster kind of needs. Um, uh-huh. But, yeah, I feel like for me there's a lot of guys who just stand out as values in this draft. Um, like a guy like one of my recent threads is John Mechie. Um, he was a guy I liked a lot in Alabama coming into the college football season. And now he is kind of getting thrown to that wayside. I mean, that injury that happened late in the season along with Jamison Williams. Yeah. 
kind of they're kind of just falling to the wayside. And just John Mechie is, is a very good receiver. He has really good route running skills. Um, he has good hands. Like there's a lot to like about him. Um, and I just feel like he's kind of fallen into that second round, you know, of yeah. rookie drafts, like just because of the talent that's rising up, especially if you're playing super flex. And he's a guy that I wouldn't say is like stood, stood out. Um, but I think there's good value there, um, especially at the wide receiver position, you know. Right. So, well, that brings me to my next question. You kind of answered it there. Is there really a superstar in this rookie class in your eyes? I wouldn't say you have a polished superstar. Um, mm-hmm. There's definitely superstar potential. Yeah. Um, you just don't have as easy of a slam dunk as, say, Jamar Chase was last year. Uh, you have, obviously, Traylon Burks. A lot of people are in on him due to size, etc. But, like, you have Malik Willis. I think Malik Willis is a top five potential quarterback in the NFL for fantasy aspects, but he's very unpolished. He's a lot like Trey Lance was last year. You know, the potential's there, the skill level's there. It just needs to come all together for him, and the development's going to be the question mark there. And then you have, like I said, Brees Hall um, is a guy who could maybe get there. It's just there are still concerns with him. You know, at times his he doesn't almost trust his skill set. He tends to sit behind the line a little bit too much. He doesn't necessarily do well when he has to make too many processing reads. So, like, there's there's issues with all of these guys that bring up concerns to where, okay, they might not be superstars. You might be getting wide receiver twos or running back twos. But there is that home run potential with some of them. Like, I mean, even the wide receiver class, you know, like Garrett Wilson, I think has a good chance that he could be a superstar. I mean, he's a really good route runner. Just it, it's not a slam dunk. You know, I feel like you got a lot of guys that could get there, but nobody's there right now, in my opinion. So you touched on it earlier. You were saying there's no true one. Does, does that mean that you don't think Brees Hall is the one one? I would say no. Um, the only reason I say that is I still think, um, depending on format, it's going to matter to me. To me, okay. um, I also okay. think that even at that point, this landing spot's really going to depend a lot here for that one-one for me, um, on the basis that I think Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, um, Brees Hall, our Malik Willis are all kind of the same tier when you cross positions like that. So if you're getting Garrett, say Garrett Wilson with the news of Devontae Adams moving on, well, not necessarily moving on, getting traded, um, Garrett Wilson lands in Green Bay, like I would definitely think about that. You know, the shelf life on a wide receiver in Dynasty is much longer, and I'm sitting right. at the 1-1, which most likely means my team was bad, or maybe it's a traded pick. If I'm a win-now team, then maybe, yeah, I'll take Brees Hall if he lands in Atlanta you know, somewhere that he's going to get a big workload. Mm-hmm. But, like, super flex, I still feel like you got to take Malik Willis uh, just because of the quarterback value in the format itself. Yeah. Um, I'm sure other people will not. I'm sure Brees Hall will go first in some of these or even Wilson or Burks or somebody like that. Uh, but I, I just feel like there isn't a true number one to me. I feel like it's going to be team-dependent, league-dependent, formats, I really do think that you'll see a little bit of disparity versus last year where everybody was pretty much taking Trevor Lawrence. Right. 
So, okay, if you it, more than likely, if you have the one-one pick this year, you're probably a rebuilding team, or you were the worst team in your league. If you were a rebuilding team and you had the one-one this year, what would your approach be for the rookie draft? Yeah, I kind of hit on it a little bit there. Uh, I kind of did this last year as well. I had a team that was pretty bad, um, and I did the exact same thing that I just mentioned there. I tend to target sometimes running back or wide receivers. Uh, right. Running back is usually the first one that everybody wants to get because they are hard to get and that workhorse role is hard. But we've seen the NFL kind of transition away from that workhorse type running back, and you're starting to see these guys get specific roles, which is now devaluing the running backs um, ultimately because you're not getting these guys that constantly get 30 touches a game and are a lock for 20, 30 points anymore. You're getting multiple guys getting you 15 points out of the same backfield. So to me, the wide receiver position, they just have a longer shelf life. Um, the running backs, you only get a couple of years out of three, four years, you get a rookie contract and usually that's it. It's hardly ever after that. Do you see a guy that has good fantasy production or NFL production off of their rookie contract nowadays? Uh, so for me, I just tend to target um, wide receivers. And when, especially when there's like, a specific guy, you know, like Jamar Chase. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. take him over Najee Harris or Javante Williams last year. Uh, this year, like I said, with a good landing spot, I would definitely contemplate Burks or Wilson or London, whoever your top wide receiver is over a running back if you are more than two years away. You know, if you if you feel like you could compete in two to three years, I'll take the running back. But if I know that I need – three years to rebuild this team, I'm going to be yeah. thinking I might take just the best player I think there, and it might be a wide receiver. And so if it's super flex, I'm taking the quarterback. <laughs> and that's just right. pretty simple. Uh, you mentioned um, maybe being two or three years away. Would, would you be tempted, of course, depending on the package, maybe to trade back? Yeah, I think this is a good draft class to trade back in. I don't know how many people are going to come up because there is such a negative um, notation towards the 22 class, which isn't necessarily deserving. So um, I think there's definitely a lot of talented players in this class. And I think you're going to get a lot of wide receiver two, three type guys and a couple running back twos out of this class and possibly quarterback one and a quarterback two. I mean, there, there's definitely talent here uh, more than what is being portrayed sometimes out there in the Twitter sphere or anywhere. Uh, so I wouldn't be like totally overselling all these picks. Um, I, I do think that once you get into the second round, it gets really dicey um, as far as boomer bust kind of players. But for me, if I'm trading back, I still want to stay within that first eight picks probably. Um, unless you can go out and maybe someone really likes somebody in this class and you can get the one, one, maybe you can go get a, like a more not older, but like not super young type guy. Like maybe you can get a DK Metcalf. Maybe they're panicking, you know, or something like that. You can go and get a guy like that. I wouldn't be opposed to that if you don't believe completely in these rookies. I have a feeling I tweeted this a few weeks ago. It was shortly after the the Russell Wilson trade, but I have a feeling that Malik Willis might be the the new quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. And to pair him with Lockett and DK Metcalf, I think that would be kind of ease the mind of, of dynasty owners. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be interesting um, as far as Seattle and Carolina. I think that Carolina 
may in fact take Malik Willis at six. So if he doesn't go earlier, I know there's been some talk that he might even go to Detroit at two. Um, I don't know how much it's, yeah, I don't know how much steam it's totally gaining. Um, I have just seen a couple things here and there on Twitter. And like I said, I feel like Carolina's looking to replace Darnold. Um, I know that I saw just before I came on here that they've been informed they're out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstake. Um, so my assumption is is they're going to try and take a quarterback uh, unless they trade for one. Like maybe they bring in Garoppolo or something, but it doesn't seem like they're fit. I think they want um, a little bit more mobile quarterback, something kind of like what Deshaun Watson could be, and that's what Malik mm-hmm. Willis could be out to be someone like that that's got that mobility, the big arms. So I could see him going at six. Uh, if not, like you said, I don't – think he gets past nine at Seattle. I think Seattle will try either that or Seattle's going to try and come up, you know, like someone like the giants that have two picks at five and seven or the jets, you know, sitting at four and 10, they might, Seattle might try to go up to that, you know, Seattle could trade nine and then the jets have two in a row or they could trade to five and then the giants have still two within the top 10, you know, so. Right. Oh, so you've been kind of touching on your, your strategy and how you approach picks. But I'm curious, look, let's say you have two players ranked similarly. Uh, does draft capital, team situation, or skill set break the tie when you draft a player? So I usually try to set a pre-draft ranking um, in like a tier base. So I'll go through, I do kind of like a, I, I look at the stats, I don't ignore them, um, but I just like the visual part of it. I like to see that there's talent there i like to see what the film looks like how do they win how do they lose how do they um how do they play when they like for wide receivers a big thing how are they playing when the ball's not coming their way you know are they willing to get out there and block are these running backs willing to take on a blitzer like they don't have to be great at it but are they willing to do it because some of them you'll see they just ain't they aren't willing to do it they're gonna like ignore it and just bail out of there where some of these guys they at least step up and try to take on it to me that's that's something that's coachable and if a player's coachable they can improve if they're not coachable and they don't want to hear it they're just they're not going to get any better it's just plain and simple it's how life goes you know if you're not willing to learn and take criticism you're never going to get better so exactly i feel like i set that up so for me then landing spot can kind of navigate those tiers a little bit Mm -hmm. um i never really push anybody crazily up so for example we can use like trey sermon last year trey sermon i had pretty low on my rankings pre-draft like i just didn't like what i saw you know he kind of came out he exploded out of nowhere with ohio state which had a really good line he just he was kind of a wild runner just a lot of unnecessary movement stuff that just just didn't sit right. Like I just didn't really see it um, on film. I mean, you saw those couple games where he was like, wow, this is electric, but like he still had these like just tendencies that weren't great. So I wasn't totally in on him. And then all of a sudden everybody pushed him up because he went to San Francisco and look at how it turned out, you know, so you got to be careful because sometimes those situations bite you that way, you know, but a guy that I wasn't high on either was Elijah Mitchell. So, and he ended up hitting. So, but what I'll do is I'll usually just shift them, you know, like amongst that. That's where the landing spot comes in. Or like you said, team situation. I factor it sometimes. Like if you have like an aging wide receiver, I might be like, okay, well, this guy's going to get that potential. So like I don't need to move him down. Like, yeah, he's not going to maybe hit in year one. But year two, he should get an opportunity to take over the role and 
okay, it's dynasty, you know, I'm, I'm here for more than a year. So mm-hmm. I, I do factor that a little bit, but like not overwhelmingly um, for me, it's probably landing spot after like the physical film and like the backing up of the statistics. Like, so for example, the combine, like I never over-exaggerate with that stuff. I just, I want to see what I saw on tape and just back it up, you know, like, so, okay. I saw that Kyron Williams has really good, inside movements he's good laterally he has this quickness but he necessarily doesn't look like he can outrun guys and if you watch the combine like that's what he showed you he showed you exactly what you should have kind of thought Kyron Williams was he was a little bit slower than I think everybody thought but like he never was a burner it's not like he outran guys anywhere he always was just this quick inside movement guy that had good vision and I mean that's what you kind of saw so it like backs up what you see on film so like that's what I'm looking for more so than like anything that's like crazy, you know, like the landing spot's not going to be like, boom. All right. You're my one, one. So. Well, where do you have Kyron Williams ranked in your, in your personal rankings among the running backs? Um, he's pretty low. Um, he did fall for me, obviously just because of how slow he was. Basically I had him in the second tier. Um, and then I kind of moved him like on that fringe in the third tier a little bit, just because like, I saw what he did there. So then I had to go back and like rewatch and be like, okay, I kind of thought he was a little better than what he did. Um, and the big thing for me with him is going to be size as well. Uh, the size is a, is a key factor to watch with running backs. Uh, I know that there's always those outliers of these guys that come in that are a little bit shorter and a little bit undersized that really get the job done. But it's crazy how important that like six foot and like 200 pounds, really a 200 pound. Like if they're not 200 pounds, it's crazy. If you look at the like I'm not a total analytics guy, but like if you look at it, like the hit rate for the analytics yeah. for running backs is crazy. Like if they're 200 pounds, they have like they're like an 80 percent hit rate of some sort. And then like if they're under it, they have like a one or like a 10 percent. Like It doesn't even add up to 100, but it's just like they, they're not they don't usually do much for like a running back one, you know, you're getting a running back three, if you're lucky spot fill in at that size. So he's just, it's kind of tough. He's a really, he's a really tough one, honestly, because on the, like when you watch the tape, like he's really good. He does things well. He's a really good pass blocker. He's going to find his way onto the field. Uh, and yeah, I, he's really, he's a hard one for me to put. I've seen a lot of people drop him even further than I have him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's like in that 11 to 14 range for me at the moment, but, but still almost a borderline first rounder. Well, of running backs. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying like in your top 14 overall. Oh no. Yeah. He's, he's probably top 20, 25. Um, I feel like. A lot of these, there's going to be a lot of, for me, there's going to be a lot of running backs that I'm going to take chances on in like the second and third round, late second, early third, um, Mm -hmm. more so than the wide receivers. I feel like the wide receiver cliff kind of just like, there's these guys that are like here and then they just kind of like right after like the first 10. And then it's just like, they're just real, like real dart throws slash just don't look good. Um, Where the running backs, there's little things you can find in some of these guys that they all have these skill sets. And I feel like any of them could possibly pop off um, and be kind of that Elijah Mitchell style where you get him late. So I hear you. I mean, well, I'm obviously, gonna... draft capital will talk, but 
Yeah. Yeah, you know, I want to hit you with a little bit of a hypothetical scenario here, Jeremy. Um, who would you take in this in this scenario? Let's say Brees Hall gets drafted in round two by the Houston Texans and Chris Olave gets drafted round one by the Dallas Cowboys. But who would you take in that scenario? Probably Brees. Um, I think I don't know who the quarterback's gonna be in Houston. My guess is it's gonna be Davis Mills. Yeah. At least for some part of it. Uh, unless they bring in a veteran, you know, like a Fitzpatrick or somebody like that. But I think they're going to kind of lean a little bit on the run game there in Houston. So if Brees Hall lands there, I think he'll get that three down roll where Olave and Dallas, I feel like, yeah, there's a high powered offense there, but Dalton Schultz has kind of made his hay. They paid him. Um, so he's going to definitely get involved. I think they're ready to give CD lamb a little bit more run. And they've just paid Michael Gallup. I think that these are guys that they want to get involved. Um, I think Olave would definitely be able to be viable. Um, we kind of saw it last year. There was a good three to four targets out of the da- that Dallas offense. Uh, but I just feel like Olave is going to take a year or two in that situation to really pop off. So I would probably take Brees. All right. Well, you know, as a member of Bill's Mafia, is, is there a rookie you're hoping that gets drafted by Buffalo? Brees Hall. <laughs> uh, a little bit. There's a little bit of me that really wants that, but I know it's not going to happen. Um, but I'm going to be realist. Um, I really kind of want them to take um, – it's a guy that I've been kind of like pumping up, but uh, Kevin Harris out of South Carolina. Mm, okay. He's a running back. I do think that they need to add a running back. Um, they mm. also need to add a wide receiver. So for me, I think Kevin Harris is going to go a little bit later. Uh, he has good size, though. Um, he's 5'10", like 220. And this year he kind of had a back injury leading into the season that he just didn't look great on tape. So he's kind of just fallen to the wayside to a lot of people. But if you watch back in like 2019, he just he popped off the screen. He was just very explosive, powerful. And he's kind of everything that the Bills don't have at running back. So I feel like he could be a later guy that they could add. Um, that's my like fantasy wish. Um, right. I do hope that they kind of maybe go corner or wide receiver in the first round. So if they go wide receiver, I would really like them to get George Pickens, but that's way too early. I think for him, um, just another guy that's kind of, he doesn't really create a lot of separation, but he's kind of like that jump ball type guy. He's a good deep threat, kind of mm-hmm. similar to Gabe Davis. So I don't know if they'd go that route. They're probably leaning more towards like a Jamison Williams or John Mechie would be actually a really good fit. Someone that's kind of a little bit more Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley mix there. You know, speaking for fantasy purposes, other than Josh Allen, is there a player you like on the Bills for fantasy this year? I think you have to go with Diggs. Um, I just feel like it's too good. You know, like he still had a solid season last year. He just yeah. he had that one year he had the year before that just kind of exploded and that was like right, his right. career year and just this year this past year was kind of a down year for a lot of people but like it's kind of been his average so for me mm-hmm. I just he's been consistent I kind of like Diggs um and then obviously depending if they bring somebody in um, OJ Howard's definitely interesting to me mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how they're gonna use him and Dawson Knox together exactly. uh, so it's interesting. But to be honest, I mean, Josh Allen's really the offense. And if they bring in a running back, I would definitely probably go with him. Um, 
just because I feel like that's going to be their use. They'll probably use him a little bit more towards the goal line than Josh Allen. So, because right now it's Josh Allen, and it's purely based on the size and his ability. I'm sure he'll still get used along the goal line. But if they bring in a good-sized running back who can get the job done, I feel like they'll shift a little bit to him to kind of protect Josh more. So you kind of think that even after what Singletary showed those last few weeks in the playoffs that they might still be targeting a running back, or you're hoping they will? I think they are. Uh, I like Devin Singletary, but we all know his limitations. The Koji staff knows his limitations. He, he did look good. I'll give him that, but it's even came true. You know what I mean? Like they reportedly signed JD McKissick and then he turned back. So like they're looking, you know, they've been tied to Christian McCaffrey. They've been tied to Barkley. Like I think they're looking for a running back. Um, It's just, just going to be interesting to see what they're looking for. You know, like, are they valuing it enough to go in the first round or second round? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think it's going to come down to how their free agency goes. Uh, They obviously added Von Miller, I think they added some more. I didn't see any confirmed things, but I think Shaq Lawson might be coming back. Um, I know they added Jordan Phillips. They added some offensive linemen, some depth defensive tackles. So they're addressing the trenches in free agency. Um, Last year they addressed it with the draft. So this year I'm thinking they're probably going corner unless they bring somebody in. So if they don't, they might go that offensive side and we might get one of those surprising picks at the end of the first round, like a running back or wide receiver. Well, if it was up to Pope's FFH and he could choose between Christian McCaffrey or, or Saquon Barkley to add to the to the Bills' offense, who would you choose? I'd take Barkley. I oh, think. really? Wow. Okay. I've kind of always been a Barkley guy. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I know there's been a lot of talk that like he's kind of just kind of got hyped. I mean, you can see sometimes he gets a little bit of vision issues in there. But, like, I don't know. I've just always been a Barkley guy. Nothing against Christian McCaffrey. I'd take either. But, I don't know. I just feel like he's, I don't know, just a personal thing. <laughs> hey, I don't think he can go wrong either way, honestly. Either do I. I think they both could be good in the pass game, and they're both good in the run game. So, Right. So, you know, we're, we're talking about this Bills offense for fantasy in your eyes, should Josh Allen be the consensus QB one in Dynasty? Yeah, <laughs> complete bias. No, um, <laughs> no, I do think so. I think that he showed enough the last couple of years to show that just that rushing volume, the upside, the passing ability that's just there—that pure upside of him is just so high that I, Mahomes kind of just has almost been passed. I feel like just because of his rushing you know like mm-hmm. he's not like lamar jackson but he puts up really good rushing numbers he's kind of the goal line guy and i just i mean it's going to be interesting because there's a new oc in ken dorsey but i'm sure we're going to see a lot of the same that they both had so i don't think you're going to see a big change in the offense but it should be interesting i just i still think that it's just his upside and what he's proven i i think he deserves that qb1 rating um maybe 1a and we'll go 1B is Mahomes, but I just think that he's just been so consistent. You know, Mahomes kind of just, you saw that dip last year and everybody was ready to bail on him. But I don't know. I still, I believe in both of them. And I kind of feel like it's a draw and it's going to come to personal preference. But I just feel like Josh has so much rushing upside and just the passing upsides there. They, they're willing to throw the ball like 40 times. So it's just all there for any type of fantasy production. 
you mentioned Mahomes and, and Josh Allen as kind of the one A one B. Do you have a one C or you know who who would you say is in your top three? Um, or rounds out your top three rather. Honestly, I feel like it kind of falls off a little bit there for me. Okay. Um, not necessarily falls off, but like I feel like then you're in that same tier as like you get um, like Kyler Murray, you get Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, like um, those guys, Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah. You could argue like maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe oh, okay. Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Like they, you're right, kind of right. in that same tierish. Um, uh, obviously, Wilson and Rodgers probably fall down a little bit because of their age mm-hmm. for Dynasty, but like. I feel like you're just kind of like all in that same tier there, you know, but mainly that, that main core there of like the Herbert Lamar, Kyler, and um, even Dak, you could toss in there. And um, I'm forgetting someone that I just mentioned. And I forgot who it is. <laughs> Lamar Burrow, Herbert Murray, Dak. That's everybody, right? I think that's um, yeah. I think that's everybody you mentioned. Yeah. Mark. Uh, think- yeah. Kyler. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, Wilson, Russell. Ah, uh, yeah, Wilson and Aaron are probably like a step down still, but like they're right. kind of there, you know. But three is probably, probably Herbert or Murray if I had to pick. Quarter this quarterback, uh, quarterbacks in fantasy is deeper as is as deep as it's ever been. Uh, yeah, and you could argue it's even a a very more it's a very important position even in one quarterback leagues. Like I play in a couple of them and like the consistency you get from like Josh Allen is yeah. absurd. You know, like you say that, oh, the tight end position's an advantage having Kelsey, but like there's so much so many fluctuations at the quarterback position in QB one last year at fantasy for like the weekly turnover that the only ones that were really up there, there was very few that had multiple QB ones. It was like I think it was Herbert, um, Josh Allen. And like Mahomes, and they they were like, I think it was. I don't even think Mahomes was in it. I think because he was so fluctuating last year. Like there was very few people that had like double digit QB one weeks last mm-hmm. season. So it's it's crazy. It's kind of crazy to think that if in Superflex you could have two quarterbacks, maybe in like the fifteen to twenty range, and you could still be good. But you really like a top three or the top five and one QB to to probably separate yourself from the pack. Yeah, and even even at Superflex, you know, just having one of those top three guys, you're at an advantage. You know, it's just, oh, yeah. it's just so so much of an advantage that it's under it's under talked about. I think. Yeah, I agree. You know, you mentioned Stefan Diggs earlier. Another Bills receiver that's kind of getting a lot of hype this year is Gabe Davis. Is the hype warranted, or is it getting a little wacky for you? I love Gabe. Um, I think it got a little wacky there, um, especially after his four touchdown game. Yeah, uh, he he's a very good receiver. I think. Um, I just don't know. I I saw him get traded for like first round picks, and that's just crazy. So very yeah. Uh, and that was like all over Twitter too. Like people were posting it that they were getting firsts for him. It wasn't just like my own league that I saw that in. You know, so yeah, I. I think there's a lot of hope there, um, but we also had that hope coming into last season. So I argue that we've kind of seen what he is. 
Uh, he's had two back-to-back 700-yard seasons. I don't expect him to all of a sudden come out and put up like 2,500 yards. So, like, I don't think – I think that the value that's there is just too high right now. Uh, I think he was a good value if you got him two years ago or last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Now you're paying what his ceiling is, you know, like it he's not going to be much better. He you'll be lucky if he's a thousand yard receiver, I think just because of the way the offense is. And I expect them to spread it out. I do expect them to get, if they bring in a running back there, you're going to see more running a more to the run game than what it has been. So, I mean, he might get there, but I do think they bring other weapons in. They're going to run four wide and Josh is going to throw to whoever's open. He's not going to just lock onto one guy and be like, I have to feed him. So. Right. Uh, you know, we know the Bills have made some changes to the coaching staff, and you guys just signed Von Miller to, to quite a uh, hefty contract. But fill in the blank for me here. The Bills are blank away from being in the 2022 Super Bowl. Cornerback. I think I like the uh, cornerbacks were the issue um, once we lost Trey White. As sad as it sounded, I was a deep Bills fan. I was still hoping they were going to make that run. But as soon as they lost Trey White, I kind of knew, like, hey, I don't know if we're a Super Bowl caliber team without him uh, mm-hmm. just because of what he can do and what we had behind him. Levi Wallace has been good. He's been decent. Um, he moved on now. He has got signed in Pittsburgh. So he's not here anymore. So now it's really Trey White. And then after that, you have Tyron Johnson, who's a really good slot corner, but you don't actually have an, another – outside corner that's anywhere proven so i do think they need to bring in somebody via either free agency or if they draft someone aside from that i mean like you said they brought in von miller they filled that they uh, brought in roger Sofit or sawfeld i think is how it's pronounced for the um play to play the offensive line so i feel like the line is going to be somewhat intact mitch morris got re-signed so I feel like the offensive line is kind of shaping up. Um, I mean, they're filled in a lot of gaps, you know, and I just feel like that corner position will really help, especially with what the uh, AFC West is doing, just loading up on like every player they can get. <laughs> so, you know, you're going to have to go through the Bengals, you know, who have two good wide receivers, three, you can argue with Tyler Boyd, you know, now the Raiders have two good receiving options at three and Hunter Renfro Waller and, Devonte Adams, you know, you have, um, let's think who else has, uh, of course you've got the chiefs, the chiefs. Yeah. I mean, just trying to cover their speed in general, you know, that the bills just can't beat them in the playoffs right now. Uh, they're going to need the corners to cover them. The chargers with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you know, you're going to need a a good set of corners. And I think that that's, what they really need. You know, it's kind of been their downfall for a lot of it. Um, the scheme that they run helps. Uh, but yeah, I think a corner would definitely be the key to getting into the playoff or into the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Yeah, I hear you there. Well, you know, I'm going to, this is a, a bit of a new segment here, Jeremy, that, uh, that I'm, that I'm uh, introducing to the audience here. Um, if you want to call it a segment, of course, but I call it crazier calculated. So here I'll ask you a surprise question. That's not here on the show sheet. You, know, you can call it a bold take, if you will. Uh, and you tell me if I'm crazy or if I'm calculated with this. With Devontae Adams now in Las Vegas, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon combined will have 110 receptions and 20 touchdowns in 2022. Hmm. 
You don't happen to have what they had last year, <clears throat> do you? I do. So in 2021, as far as receptions go, Aaron Jones had 52 receptions, and he had 10 total touchdowns. A.J. Dillon, he had 34 receptions and seven total touchdowns. So that's, uh, let's see, 34 and 52. That's 86 and 17. I'd say you're calculating. Oh, nice. I think that's a, I think that's fair. That's fair, right? Combined. Right, you know, you're, you're only giving them, what, 25 more-ish? Yeah, like about 25, 30 more receptions and only a couple more touchdowns. I I could see that. I mean, who are they going to bring in? You know, I don't. I, they're not bringing in another Devontae Adams. You know, there's going to be some spread out production there. Alan Lazard might see an improvement. Randall Cobb, you know, like depends who they bring in. But I could definitely see a lot of work going to Aaron Jones in the passing game at least. Would you like the fit of uh, Odell Beckham Jr. going to, to Green Bay? I'd say no. I mean, I guess if he – I don't know if he's going to totally be ready for the start of the season. Yeah. So maybe on like a cheap thing, but like it's not going to be their best option. Um, I think they got to get somebody who is healthy for week one. Allen Robinson would have been a nice addition there. Yeah, instead he goes to the Rams who are just now going to have a crazy wide receiver room again. Yeah, Robert make Woods, sense. Cooper Cup, and Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson. Yeah, that's pretty stacked, to say the least. So, you know, Jeremy, I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, before we get you out of here, let the people know where we can find any and all of your content. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at PopesFFH. You can also find uh, any writing work over at Sports Gambling Podcast and at Yards Per. And... Yeah, that's pretty much everything. Um, just give me a follow. Uh, I do have a podcast. We've been on a hiatus. Uh, it's at the Fantasy Football Playmakers. Uh, it's usually Tuesday nights. So hopefully we're going to start that up here in a couple weeks. So, Yes, sir. Well, guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. I appreciate you joining us, and I'll see you guys next week.